Hey, this is Ira from Not A Surf, and you are listening to the Modern Musicology Podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. What's up, music lovers? Welcome to Modern Musicology. My name is Alan, and with me I have DJ and journalist Rob Levy. Howdy. Music connoisseur, bass player, guy from London, Anthony Williams. I normally say howdy, but Rob just stole that, so hello. Current solo artist, former Aquanetta's drummer, and bird enthusiast, Stephanie Seymour. I'll say what Rob usually says. Sup. <laughs> I have to give the nod of the head while I do that. Sup. Sup. all right so our topic today is banned songs not songs by a band but songs that have been banned in some form or some fashion somewhere sometime most of them by the bbc so yeah we will talk about that but before we get into that i'm really wanting to know what everybody's been listening to this past week steph what do you got okay well, I um, I'm still I'm actually at the end of my bird watching uh, time off from work, and so when I'm sitting out there bird watching, I've I've been listening, you know, mostly to the Smartless podcasts that I needed to catch up on, which uh, is like my favorite thing to do. But I found out that Sean Hayes from Smartless Podcast has his own podcast called Hypo Hypochondriactor, and so they'll have like some. <laughs> um, guest on like I listened to the one with Alyssa Milano and um she was talking about anxiety and stuff so they have he has a co-host Sean has a co-host who's uh, a comedian and a doctor which is so awesome because she's a great co-host and um they just speak about you know people's ailments or whatever and they take calls and I think it's pretty interesting and nice to know that you're not the only one in the world that has <laughs> issues <laughs> So that's what I've been listening to. Not not music, but podcasts, other podcasts. And bird song. And bird song, of course. <laughs> Anthony, what you been spinning? A lot of slipknot this week, which Ooh, yes. is a bit uh, they're not they haven't historically been my kind of thing, but I gave their new record the end so far a listen. And I really liked it. I mean, musically it's all over the place. There's some stuff that's a bit more mellow than their usual sound the first track Adderall I think has a definite Bowie kind of inspiration to it and there's I'm gonna say this quietly there's no screaming on it on that first track there is on I the was album. gonna say on the first track yes yeah <laughs> on but the rest know, of the you, album okay there's more you, you associate Slipknot with being quite a screamy band That's and then it goes into the dying song which uh is extremely heavy right at just I've really enjoyed that album. It really feels like they've been on this journey over the years. And by the time they got to their third album, they started maturing a bit. And this is their seventh album. And as you listen through, you can really hear it. 
And honestly, I enjoyed this album like mm-hmm. I've never enjoyed a Slipknot album before. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a good bit of diversity on Corey Taylor's solo stuff. And I kind of get the sense of there's some of that like slipping into <laughs> slipping <laughs> into hey. right, the this this album, you know, like he's doing a lot more of his outside influence into this album. Yeah. And what's interesting is they are very much a collaborative effort. And mm. All of them have some pretty diverse influences. Sid Wilson, who does a lot of the ta- uh, the turntable work, is really into like jungle music. Yeah. So musically, they're all over the place. Um, Jay Weinberg is their drummer, son of the great Max, Max. Weinberg. Right. And, you know, uh, listening to this album caused me to go back and listen to some highlights from some of their earlier albums as well. And as a result, it's really all I've been listening to this week. And... It's funny because my partners occasionally come into the kitchen and I'm doing the dishes to just some overly aggressive music. <laughs> Smashing them on the floor after. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> this shit! <laughs> all right. That That's it. That's really okay. all I've been listening to. I mean, no. there have been songs other than that here and there, but in terms yeah. of kind of repeatedly listening right. to, it's been Slipknot. All right, Rob, lay the list on us. So a couple new, couple old. Uh, first, uh, the new record from Orbital uh, called Optical Delusion. It's got, you know, it has that whole, it, it does sound like the 90s, so it kind of fits in with the um, the 90s show we kind of did a couple weeks ago. But uh, it has Sleaford Mods on it. And also, here's a name from the past, the Medieval Babes um, are on that record as well. Doing I was some- going to ask, are they still a thing? Yeah, they're apparently they still are a thing. They're gonna be now because they're on an orbital record, but they're on this like folky little weird. It shouldn't work, but it does. And that re- that whole record's really tight. Also, uh, winter. What kind of blue are you? So if you like shoegazy, dream pop kind of like, oh my god, winter's here music. That's for you. That's really great. And then uh, two old things. Uh, we just had the fiftieth anniversary of Lou Reed's Transformer, so I I kind of have taken a deep dive into it more than. I thought I would. I'm playing that record like a lot more than I thought um, I would end up doing. I think I played it like four times last week. Hmm. And um, there's just a lot of stuff on it I really like that I really like. And then the other thing, sadly, um, we lost Keith Levine this week, yes. who hmm. played with uh, Joe Wobble. He was in The Clash. He used to be a, ro- a one-time roadie for Yes. Um, and Ooh, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a one-time roadie for Yes. Uh, and he him and Johnny Lydon used to always fight because he would play prog rock on the bus and Johnny Lydon would not be thrilled. But um, (laughs) also, you know, a very instrumental person in the early years of Public Image Limited. And so I've been listening to Metal Box from 1979. It's like probably one of the four or five definitive post-punk records you can listen to. Radio 4 on it is this really cool instrumental that really highlights Levine's playing. And... um, you know, a death disco and the suit and some other good stuff are on it. And if you really want to have uh, a bit of a laugh this week, uh, go online and look up the public image limited appearance on American bandstand. It'll, it'll change your life. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> well, speaking of albums that kind of relate to one of our previous shows, the black crows just put out an, a new EP called 1972 oh. and it's all covers. Shockingly of songs from 1972 and it's it's actually pretty good most of it is like pretty straightforward covers nothing adventurous on it 
their cover of the Rolling Stones rocks off, kicks off the album. And I think it's really good. I, I like their version a lot. Um, you wear it well is a, you know, it's, it's a good song. It's pretty straightforward. Um, the only thing that I had, a, and I don't have a problem with it. I just have to get used to their approach to it is moon age daydream. They do a very different take on the verses where the, the beat is basically doubled. Um, it's very interesting. I would never have thought to do it. And it kind of, it very definitely changes the mood of the song. Um, but it's, it's good. I, I like it. Uh, Papa was Rolling Stone, you, uh, the slider. So lots of good songs from 1972. It's only six songs, you know, so not a full album. Um, I'm sure they could have come up with three more and made a full album. I don't know, but it was pretty good. So, you know, I'll probably listen to that one some more. Right, so Rob, you were yes, the one sir. that entered. You were the one that introduced us to the topic of band songs, and uh, so this is one that you wanted us to do. So why don't you get us kicked off on it? So yeah, I was thinking, you know, during the course of Band Book Week about band music, and you know, at first I kind of was thinking about band songs, but then sort of as we kind of planned this, it kind of broadened. There are songs that are banned by one group or station or segment of the audience or another but then there's also you know songs that are banned because of commercial reasons or you know from tv shows or networks and stuff so there's a the history of band music is fascinating and there's a lot of really interesting band songs and everyone thinks it might be a particular genre or something they know but there are a lot of surprises if you look at the history of band music um of songs that have been banned that have ruffled feathers. There's stuff in there you would not expect, along with things that you would expect. Mm -hmm. So we're going to dive into that a little bit and uh, kind of reach into the censorship bag and think about some censored songs that we know about, some that we purposely tried to listen to because they were banned, and some that we just still scratch our head about, why is this banned today? And that's a good point that you just said about, like, list, you want to seek it out because it is banned. Now, that, yeah. that that's, that's always, you know gives the song a little boost or a mm -hmm. big boost, I think. Yeah. Yeah, a, a big boost in a lot of cases. Yeah. And, you know, tying this back to banned books, uh, you know, working in a library every uh, September, there's banned books week. And, and it's always interesting to go and, and see the stuff that has been banned. And there's always things that no one would ever expect like green eggs and ham, you know, but one of the additions of the, it wasn't Merriam-Webster. It was the American Heritage Dictionary was banned what? because of the way that some of the definitions were worded. So there are mm -hmm. always really wacko reasons for some of these things being banned. And it's really educational to kind of, you know, look at the, these things, consider the time in which it happened, the context in which it happened. And some of it makes sense. You know, when you think about the time and the place, some of it never makes sense. Like yeah. a fucking dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there you go. I think that music is banned. You know, when we think of banned music or banned songs, we're like, it's, it's banned from the radio. Right. So I guess we can kind of start with like, you know, stuff that's been banned on the radio. In the past, we talked about body count, right? Yes. Yeah. And how being banned on the radio sort of um, sold a lot of records for them. 
right? Yeah. NWA being banned on the radio. Those were two so, of my picks. Hello. Well, <laughs> but this also ties into the PMRC, which we'll get to in a minute. Yes. But just the idea of songs being banned on the radio. Are there the, any in your lifetime? I, oh, I don't ahead. feel like there was any way that NWA was going to get played on the radio anyway. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it would have to be so edited for language that language. it would not be the same song anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but they they made it a point to say you can't play anything right. off the album. And that's where it's yeah. a little different. Yeah. Um, there were, did you say, were there things in our lifetime, though, that were banned? I was kind of getting to that. Like, so what's the experience that you have of like, oh, I remember when this song was banned. Like, for mm -hmm. me, I remember when the whole furor with Frankie was the Hollywood and Relax. Oh, my god! And I remember the whole furor yeah. of George Michael and I Want Your Sex. Yeah. Right? Yep. Those are the two big ones that I kind of remember early in my, in my teenage years. Right. And then my dad told me about a couple later earlier. But those are the two that I sort of remembered in my lifetime being like big band records. And yeah. um, just kind of thought we'd put a human spin on it and just kind of talk about is there a record that you know that you remember hearing like this is banned or so i mean i understand why i want your sex is banned and relax um i get it too but i mean the subject matter is talked about in a lot of other songs but they were a, a bit more explicit yeah than, yeah for that time i mean they yeah it's nothing you would consider explicit now yeah. but for that time to be said on broadcast mm -hmm. was a, a new thing i think that the one that stands out to me most, and I know you're going to talk about it later more, is Madonna. Prayer. Well, there's a couple What's, of them. Yeah, well, there are a couple. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, like a prayer. Like a prayer. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Justify my love. Yeah. 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 She had. I mean, definitely a lot of controversy around some of her songs. So she, that's those. That, those are the ones that stick out to me. So I think for me, the first one I remember being banned and. As soon as I say the song title, it's going to be, uh, well, obviously that was banned. <laughs> was, I mean, I was nine years old in 1997. Um, it was Smack My Bitch Up by The Prodigy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, at the time they had just gone, you know, stratospheric with Firestarter. And then they followed that up with Breathe. And then the next track from that album <laughs> as a single was Smack My Bitch Up. Right. Now, not only did the BBC ban it, but all of the music TV channels also banned it because its video was quite explicit. I mean, it was all done from a first-person perspective and showed someone out going out, partying, taking drugs, drinking heavily, getting aggressive with people, mm. taking someone, you know, taking a woman back to their place and having very violent sexual activity and then of course you know like 12 year old me when i eventually saw it thought that they were being oh so subversive at the end where the person looks in the mirror and you see that the person you've been seeing this first person view from is also a woman uh -huh. so you know lots of kind of stuff that you just can't really show on tv a song yeah. that you can't really play on the radio <laughs> i mean they knew what would happen in releasing that as a single and filming that video but they just yeah. did it anyway exactly what i thought was in interesting about that record too is that that record also got banned in clubs right yeah when that record came out dj like i remember specifically you know a couple nights where i was out where djs would have the prodigy album out but they would be marked do not play on that record right and they would they label it on the sleeve, but also on the actual vinyl. And oh, wow. it would say, do not play, because people were so afraid of it. That record, and there's another one that's similar to it by Little Lewis, 
more of a house dance record called French Kiss. And that mm-hmm. got a lot of trouble because of what it had with female voices on it and sort of simulated sexual acts and stuff. That record got a lot of play coming out of the gate on the BBC. And then it got pulled back and it would end up on a lot of American dance, you know, these things in the 80s and 90s where they did like dance mix shows at not late at night on the weekend. It started to get banned from that as mm. well. And of course, it sold more sold more records. Yeah, well, exactly. And that's that's one of the things that I was wanting to bring up. And Anthony, you talked about um, you know releasing a song and shooting a video, knowing the reaction it's going to get. And I think that brings us directly to Madonna, yeah. because when you're talking mm-hmm. about like a prayer, the video that she makes for that song she knows the reaction she's going to get. Of course. And, you know, when you're talking about justify my love, the vid is the, again, the video uh, was explicit enough that MTV banned it. And she ended up releasing it as the first ever VHS video single. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People paid money to, you know, buy a VHS tape with a four minute video on it. Come on. But she knows. Because Good marketing. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Because sex sells. Yeah. And well, it's not controversy it's not, sells. I was going to say it's not just sex. It's that there's nothing that makes me want to read something, listen to something more than it being banned because I want to know what, yeah, you know, what exactly. was the justification for banning it? Yeah, and that Madonna track, you know, it's it's like everything that happened with Papa Don't Preach turned up to eleven. Oh yeah, yeah. true. Right, true. she was on uh, her way, and then like yeah. it's like she took all those lessons and and and. Preached. <laughs> Went all the way up to 11. Yeah. 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 I mean, but you just said like, why, Anthony, that's a good point. Why was this banned? Now, I mean, when you think of stuff, which you already mentioned, Rob, like uh, fuck the police or, mm. you know, the cop killer. I mean, I was thinking a lot about these things and they're, they were banned because people were telling the truth about a very serious problem for a certain demographic of people. And, um, Yes, it was controversial in the way they were saying it, but public enemy. Yeah, you know, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. All these no, but they're talking to me like all these bands are talking about the same problem mm-hmm. over and over. And like no one's listening or they're getting banned or whatever. And it's like I feel like all they're trying to do is get a message across, get someone to pay fucking attention to a huge, yeah. massive problem, you know. Right. And, and, and then they're just getting banned, you know, and that's really the, that's what's getting the the attention that but, pisses me off. But here's the thing. Those songs are 30 fucking years old. Why mm-hmm. do we still have those issues now? Yeah. You know, I mean, those, those issues weren't in the press at the time those songs came out. And that's why those songs are so important. Yeah. Now you at least see that stuff. You see the George yeah. Floyd stuff and, you know, you see the riots in real time on the news, you know, what's happening. Yeah. So it's like those songs were so prescient. I know, you know, and like when they, when he's, they're saying when public enemy saying nine one one is a joke, like they're not mm. fucking just saying that, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, right, anyway, exactly. well, even, even no, and even with something like um, by the time I get to Arizona, right, where they talk about you know gerrymandering and mm-hmm. things going on in Arizona at that time, and we're like, mm. what, you know? So I mean, yeah, I think too that once a song gets a label of being banned, there is a certain more of a pop culture gestalt with it. But I also yeah. think it does depends on the time and what the topic is, yeah, because right? yeah. there's some songs that are like. 
they're banned, but we just kind of, you know, we kind of look the other way and like, yeah, whatever. But a lot of this stuff that we've kind of been digging into a little more lately, the last couple, really resonate more. And I think that's mm. interesting. And I think some of it, too, is it's sort of that lingering effect of the PMRC, right? I mean, it's something that happened in our yes. lifetime. Kids, ask your parents. Yeah, you have to ask your parents if you don't. Um, basically, Tipper Gore was on a, on a mission to clean up music being played on the radio and she put parental advice because of that we have the parental advisory sticker yeah. on cds and records right just think about when that actually started happening how oh, how was, how pissed off i mean i could not believe that was happening like that was the worst thing in the world you know what i mean like yeah how dare somebody do that and the know? other thing about the pmrc too is like from a radio point of view it enter we as radio programs would because this is college radio right and we had to enter into a lot of discussions about what can we play versus what will the campus let us play mm -hmm. and you know if a dean of a like the English department deans didn't they didn't care what we played they were great right but we had to be sort of really careful in some ways about when we played certain records because we didn't want to ruffle. Mm -hmm feathers of like donors or, or people like right. that. So suddenly the PMRC puts commercial radio on notice that like, wait, we can't do this, right? Black radio stations are basically screwed because they can't play anything because somebody will find something wrong with everything, right? And then you've got college radio, which can't play the indie music that is really resonating to kids. So in one sort of like five month swoop, the PMRC really sort of shaped puritanical like freak shows are shaping the, you know and they <laughs> but, still are but <laughs> but also how, how music was marketed how, how video music happened um no one complained or even thought about cindy lopper she bop as being yeah. a band song until the right. pmrc came along right? yes I, was say, yes, I, so I, I did specifically want to touch on the pmrc's filthy filthy 15 because i don't know of Please any do. other list that would include madonna <laughs> cindy lauper and sheena easton along with yeah. venom merciful fate and wasp <laughs> right. that is so true and honestly of all of those some of them are clearly more egregious than others i mean the yeah. wasp song on that list is literally called animal parentheses fuck like a beast That's yeah right. and you know That's later on in the list cindy lord's lauper with shebop shebop right exactly. but you wouldn't even you know i'm look 90 percent of the people in the world did not know what that was about until yeah. pmrc you know banned told it. told everybody what yeah. it was about well it's, exactly it's exactly what yeah. you know philip bailey of earth wind and fire came out and the exact quote for him from him was for the most part the sticker might even sell more records in some areas all yes. you've got to do is tell somebody this is a no-no and then that's what they want to go see it's exactly what we were talking about earlier yes, yes. we had yeah. when i was working at record stores if we had stuff with the labels on it people would go to the listening stations and listen to it more and i don't think it was if it was adults it might have been adults checking out for kids but mostly it was people just like being more curious about what they were they were yeah. listening to. But I also think too that for me at least, the PMRC made it really good for me to to sort of like I instantly knew what hip hop and rap I should be listening to versus what I shouldn't, right? It's like if it's got a label on it, I'm gonna listen yeah. to it because it's gonna it's gonna have a message and it's just gonna be more than you know Sir Mix a lot or something. Well sure. So, and yeah. and working retail, it helps you know what what records to buy more copies of. Yeah. Right. It's right. great, though, because one, yes, it's increased record sales. Two, there were some great tracks that were produced about the PMRC. And I'm thinking yes. about Danzig with Mother 
yes. as an example. Yeah. Right? Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. I can't do a dancing, but you know. <laughs> yeah. And No FX had one too called like i think the pmrc can suck it or something like that <laughs> pmrc can suck on this that's it that's it <laughs> and they had a whole bunch of you know short clips of artists you know, making anti pmrc video clips right and then like the probably one of the lasting images i have of that whole time is frank zappa speaking before congress yes with, Je with jello biafra right like yes. when they had these artists it, it was like the live aid court hearings right yeah it was like Frank Zappa, you know, Chuck D and yep. um, just all these like people you would like, wait, they're like Frank Zappa talk to Congress. Like Metallica then, yeah. maybe or something. And, I can't well, remember. they had, they had somebody from Metallica, I think, but like, it was interesting how articulate um, both Zappa and Jello Biafra were, right? Because you're mm. so used to hearing them just being kind of, yeah, you yeah. Know, their own personalities. But that is when, at least for me, I started really connecting the idea of listening to music that I just didn't like for the melody and the harmony, but music that resonated for social issues mm -hmm. that sort of made that light switch go on for me a little more outside of like some records from the sixties, you know, like what's going on and stuff like that. But it sort of made me think about contemporary issues in music more because mm. of the PMRC. Mm. Um, so it, it did absolutely nothing it was supposed to do except yeah. really empower an entire segment of the music industry. It, it it made the people who were on it feel like they were doing something important, mm -hmm. like yeah. they were doing something to help society. So I also want to mention on the the Filthy 15, um, there's a Black Sabbath track called Trashed. It was the first track on Born Again. First of all, nobody gave a shit about that album when it came out, so nobody would have listened to it anyway. <laughs> but second of all, there are so many other Black Sabbath songs they could have picked. Yeah, but um, not that I would want them to. It's just that their selections for this list is so strange. Random. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, one of the other things too that this sort of spins over to, and we touched upon this a little bit with Madonna, where they were not selling that Madonna record in stores at one point, right? Because of all the Justify My Love heat, right? <laughs> But, you know, one of the things I thought of, too, is when Nirvana came out and dropped their that second album, they had a song on it called Rape Me that they would yeah. not sell at Walmart. So they had to redo the artwork and the track titles and call it Waif Me. <laughs> like W-A-I-F. And it was like you couldn't get it at Best Buy and you couldn't get it at, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, it, it's interesting you mentioned social issues, because until I was doing research on this, I hadn't realized that the BBC did a specific set of songs that were banned during the first Gulf War. Mm, yes, I yeah. wanted to talk about that too, Anthony. Yep. And it's just so over the place. I mean, Under Attack by ABBA, which is literally yes. about going through a divorce, on yeah. the same list as Buffalo Soldier, right? Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. such a bizarre list of songs ruby don't take your love to town was on that list <laughs> right like what the fuck yeah <laughs> you know Flash that's by queen i mean that's like um when clear channel after 9 11 banned well they didn't ban they had a suggested list of songs that stations shouldn't play now some were like uh it said basically like rage against the machine like every single song had a reason why they shouldn't play it <laughs> right but then there was like you know, mm -hmm. you, you would have like Bob Dylan knocking on heaven's door or something like that. Cause they didn't want, they didn't want happy songs. They didn't want sad songs. They didn't want songs that had a reference to, you know, 
planes or whatever. So it was like this random list just all over the place. But yeah, Lennon's Imagine was on yes. there because heaven forbid yeah. that we should even feel hopeful. That's right. You know, why don't we just ban everything and not play music wasn't, for a right. few things? Wasn't Give Peace a Chance banned on that too? Possibly. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Because I, th- I thought they carried over some of the songs from the Vietnam list into the Gulf War list. Uh, okay. I thought they did, but I, I, I am But not. it is interesting, like, afterward, I was, my, so, the whole thing after a war, like, the, or, or an incident, there's definitely, like, a yeah. crackdown, kind of. Mm. So, yeah, Rob, give, give Peace a Chance was on the Gulf War list, but not on the 9-11 list from Kid. Okay, uh, I knew it was on one of them, yeah. yeah. You're on you're on a list, buddy. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's incredible how, when they do that, like, Fear the Record suddenly got banned because it had Let's Have a War on it, right? Mm. Um, the Dead Kennedys, you know, got banned. There was that whole mess, too, with... Um, uh, with with one of their album covers as well, they had a whole and that and they were in the early early days of the PMRC with with the Dead Kennedys. So it's interesting. Now the other thing I wanted to talk about too is like as I'm going through this list, I know Steph and I kind of talked about this a little bit. For me, there's a ton of surprises, and there's a ton of things that go back farther than I expected to when I was talking hearing about band music. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, you always think of like it's it's like a Dawn of rock and roll, Vietnam, after that problem, right? But there's stuff that got banned for, like, insane... Like, Bing Crosby got banned for I'll Be Home for Christmas because they thought he was being a pacifist, right? Uh Um, The Andrews sisters got banned in 1944 for rum and Coca-Cola because they advocated women taking vacations and drinking alone without a a gentleman in present, Right. Just outrageous stupid. and this, the one <laughs> i thought, was, the one I thought was, like was interesting is fats waller in 1943 had a record band and this was quite a kerfuffle in 1943 called if you're a viper and it was a cover but the interim of it talks about police brutality uh i i, I, I can't talk long the police are coming to get mm. me and then the whole record's about smoking marijuana <laughs> in, in 1943 wow Um, So it's really interesting that like we've had this sort of like puritanical view of music. And I think a lot of that stuff from the 40s and the 50s inspired the attitudes of the PMRC later, which is why I'm kind of bringing up that construct. And, you know, especially Elvis. I know they talk about this in the Elvis movie, but like when Elvis was on TV and the whole mess about not shaking your hips. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, That really Elvis really did scare the crap out of people um, much more than I thought he did in terms of just culturally, in terms of like, mm-hmm. it, it's it's utterly fascinating. And I think a lot of that shaped the PMRC later. A, a yeah. couple of uh, like older songs, maybe not the 40s or 50s, but like in the 60s, I, uh, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? I didn't realize that that mm-hmm. was banned, but it was because it was talking yep. about the day after an affair, you know, an affair yeah. basically or whatever. Yeah. And also fascinatingly enough to me at least, God only knows by the Beach Boy, like because they didn't want the word God mentioned, and yeah. that was a controversial thing. And um, Tony Asher and Brian Wilson had a discuss. They both co-wrote the song, and they had a discussion yeah. about it and said, you know, we're going to risk that. We don't think we're going to get airplay, but we're we're keeping the word God in the song, and it's going to be in there. And you know, strain of course. It, it's <laughs> massive, like one of their best songs ever. You know, yeah. Yes. Like so, if if I had a time machine you know talking about how things seem so weird i would love to take 
Blackie Lawless and Wasp back in time to like <laughs> right. the late 50s and see how they dealt with animal fuck like a beast at that point in time. <laughs> well, That'd be hilarious. Chuck Berry con- would love it. And conversely, I think it would be really interesting to see if Cop Killer mm-hmm. or Fuck the Police had been released two years ago after George George Floyd, how much different an impact it would have had, you I know, mean, than if- when it was released 30 years ago. Yeah. Because well, I think it, Fuck the Police yeah. would still be banned because oh, yeah, simply it has profanity in its title. Exactly. Yeah. Cop Killer, they might get away with. You know that exactly. Cop Killer yeah. was actually Ice um decided to take it off the record, actually. And yeah. they he they sort of reissued it again without yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, he sort of had a change of heart about that, I guess. Or maybe I don't know if it was a change of heart, but like it was a right. decision, yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah the reason yeah all right so we're going to take a really quick break here to promote one of our fellow eso podcast network shows and we'll be right back in 30 seconds don't go away because we got a lot more to talk about hey hey we're monkeying around a podcast about the monkeys almost 12 years old davy jones was it for me (laughs) i was having problems dancing and tambourining i got overzealous (laughs) and overly excited (laughs) Like, we've had our own little version of Monkey Mania 50 years later, which is just crazy. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. So another thing I do want to talk about, too, is a lot of songs that emphasize issues that are important to women that have been banned way more than male music, like Loretta Lynn, The Pill, for example. That's my number one pick I was just going to talk about. Or Tammy Wynette, Divorce, right? Yeah. A lot of these... A lot of these times when female artists make a record that is very important to what issues matter to them, it, nine out of ten times it's been singled out a little more than other records. And I just oh, thought that would be an interesting thing. To, mm. to that that is like my – Loretta Lynn the Pill was my number one pick because – and just think about that. That was released in 75, which is like – what is that, like 40 yeah. – six years ago? I'm not bad at math, but whatever <laughs> – and it's so relevant today still. I mean, because what's going to happen? We, are, are our rights still going to be chipped away at, chipped away at? Is there going to be contraception in, in two mm. years or who knows, whatever. Mm. And it's it's just like, you know, it didn't get banned. That song didn't get banned in, on all country stations, but it got banned on a lot of country radio stations. And that actually for the other markets that she wasn't so popular in, it, it she became like, it became her highest charting pop song Mm -hmm. you know and in canada it went to number one so of course again it had the opposite effect of what the intended Mm -hmm. you know Mm. effect was but it's just yeah it's crazy that we're still this is still a relevant thing yeah like nancy sinatra's bang bang right or Mm -hmm. you know uh the double whammy from billy holiday of strange fruit and love for sale right yeah Yeah. those those records stand out and people i mean they still made it a point when we had a a show that played more older records, right, on the station, they made it a point, like, don't play these two Billie Holiday records, right? Mm. So there's still some of that just bleeding out. You know, it's completely fascinating how it works. And, you know, people like Lita Ford were freaking people out. Like, the PMRC was, like, mad at Lita Ford. There's all kinds of just... They were mad. I remember Frank being an issue. Remember Frank? Yes. I used to work that. I worked Frank. Yeah, Yeah. I remember Frank was was an issue in some places because she wrote wrote a song about... A love song about Martina Navratilova, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I remember something about L7, but I don't remember what it was, you know? But there's a lot of these artists that are, like, trying to be empowering and positive 
and it's happening. You know, you know. Speaking of flipping back to the Gulf War too, and tying tying back to this, walk like an Egyptian. Yeah. You know, between the Gulf War and the uh, Arab Spring, yes, is sort of this record that people aren't playing now. But it's also like, what's the band the Bangles? Come on! But wait a minute! But that was like '91, wasn't it? Mm-mm. I was like '86. Six, no, not or? the song. Oh, the oh, band. Oh. oh, the band. Yeah, it yeah. would be ninety one. Who, who gives a shit about banning that song in ninety one when it was a hit in eighty five? Nobody cares. Because people care. Radio man. two, radio two is the kind of retro. Station. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. makes more sense. And then yeah. generally, if generally if like the BBC, any of the BBC stations do it, and then a station in Canada does it, then the ones in America they get a red flag. Yeah. And it kind of gets up for discussion, but like. Yeah. You know, I think it's important, too, that like, especially with the PMRC, it was very much a reaction against independent music and commercial music that was offensive. But they really took great pains to single out women because they thought that women knew better. Right. And I, that whole attitude of like, you should know better. Right. Just yeah. really rubbed a lot of people the wrong well, way. And Rob, I, I don't think it's just that, but it's. Yeah, yeah it's concept. not. But I'm just it's, bringing it up. It's the a, concept of you know, heaven forbid that women should have free will and be able yeah. to think for themselves mm-hmm. and, you know, they should be put back in their place is what <laughs> a lot and, of it and, was. And the tragic thing is, you know, when you've got someone like Tipper Gore running yeah. the whole thing, it's, yeah, I, it's, I mean, the cognitive dissonance is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. It's mostly women that are heading up the PMRC and yeah. they're the, and they're very conservative, you know, and Anybody who's not conservative, they're going to call them out. But it's also interesting when you're talking about not to get back on the PMRC this heavily, but it's interesting the links that they went to to find things to ban. Because one of the ones when we were talking before we started recording, um, we were talking about this and one that I hadn't even thought about sprang into my head. And that is a song called Snowblind by Styx, which if you remember the the that period of the 80s, this is around 83 uh, backward masking was the thing where everybody thought that there were satanic messages encoded into an LP. And if you played it backwards, you would hear the thing. And they went out of their way to find satanic messages in Styx's song, Snowblind. Huh. And they made a big controversy out of this. The fucking song is about cocaine addiction it's right there you don't have to go backwards (laughs) if they want to ban a stick song here's one about cocaine just fucking ban for that reason i don't agree with the reason but if well there are things a reason it's right there i mean there were hunting for something that doesn't exist but then they was a big thing to them like that was a huge huge crazy of course the the other famous one with backtracking was judas priest with um oh yeah Better by you, better than me, which of course was part of that court case after two kids tried to commit suicide. And when yeah. they played it back, they they claimed that it said "do it, do it, do it," mm. which yeah. was tenuous at best. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting too when you think about all of this. I mean, we talk about stuff that's like really, and we kind of freak out about it, and like. Steph and I were talking earlier, like, I had no idea that there were songs on the Grease soundtrack that were banned from radio. I had no mm. idea. I knew about Olivia Newton-John. I get that, right? Yeah, and physical, I, physical um, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I get, like, I get why some people in parts of the country would freak out about the Bee Gees more than a woman. I get it, yeah. right? But I just, the Grease thing kind of, because you just think of it as, like, it doesn't, why, why would the... 
Yeah. One that shocked me that's more like uh, because of uh, a wartime thing, but I didn't realize my 15-year-old self had no idea really uh, it was Invisible Sun by the police, which was banned by the BBC because oh, it was yeah. about the northern, you know, the conflict in Northern Ireland. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, when, I mean, I didn't, I totally interpreted that song differently when I was 15 and heard it for the first time. But if you now, you know, thinking about the video and, mm. and the lyrics, yeah, of course. But just one that you w- wouldn't really, you know, didn't, yeah. didn't be obvious. Didn't they get in trouble too with Don't Stand So Close to Me? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think. Okay. That was there, I thought there was another one they got in trouble with, but I can't remember. Um, well, it was about it was about students, or you yeah. know, like a possible fling between a student and a teacher, and that's all yeah. a bad subject matter. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, um, just thinking about a few like more more almost humorous ones were, were like Neil Young when he did this notes for you. Yeah. Do you remember that in 1986? Uh, or no, it was not, it was 88, I think. Um, but that was just, that was banned by MTV because it was make, it was like totally sort of parodying the music industry, you know, and corporate America and everything. And they were just like, no, but then of course, once that song became a really big hit, actually it became a big hit in Canada that then they reversed their decision. Yeah. But there's a lot of ridiculous ones, you know, there's just, some are just so silly. But there's also some too that like, you have to know, I mean, I, I get artists do things and they want to have artistic freedom, right? But when you listen to Paper Planes by MIA, you know someone somewhere is going to ban that record. <laughs> right. And MTV yeah. did, right? Yeah. You yeah. just kind of understand. I mean, it's like, yeah, I get it. But there's times when you're like, like when CeeLo recorded his record, you kind of knew that was going to have to get whitewashed, right? Right. But um, then there's things like Radio Radio that Elvis, yeah. you know, yeah. that that don't make sense. Like, that doesn't make sense at all. They're, I mean, criticizing the media or whatever, why should that get banned? And meanwhile, SNL, I, I mean, in a way that brought them great publicity for many years, and Elvis too. Yeah. It really helped him on that first tour, because he would play it, and he'd introduce it as, I, w- I couldn't play this song on TV, yeah. right? And say, oh, you know. Yeah. So that's the first thing you do is you tell the kids they can't have something and you give it to them. Yeah. It, you know, it's going to make and a it, ton. And it's really an incredibly innocuous song. It is. That's what I mean. It's just like, yeah. yeah. Um, and a, a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of um, drug reference, drug references in song. And and so that brings us to the Beatles, I think, was with, with Beatles and Pepper. McCartney. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. so many like, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is the obvious one, but there was like, I think like half the songs on Sgt. Pepper's, they were like, Oh yeah. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I Am the Walrus was like drug reference. you know, because it's so weird and trippy, but then it has the line in it. You've been a naughty girl. You let your knickers down. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> knickers. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that was, but see, here's the thing. A a lot of this stuff, I think, comes from artists that were perceived as nice, as acceptable. And the Beatles had a very clean cut image at the beginning of their career. Same with Olivia Newton-John. When Physical comes out, it's a reaction against her saying something different than what she was saying when she was doing her country pop hits and, you know, her early big top 10 hits and Grease and that kind of stuff. And it's a reaction against 
you can't change. We we had you pegged, we had you pinned down, we knew exactly what you were, and then you did something different, and this something different scares us and yeah. it challenges us, and we don't like it. Speaking of the Beatles, I mean, you know, they band come together. Now, unless mm. they were literally taking the come together right now over me as a sexual <laughs> reference. Yeah. I, I don't quite see why. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's one that just comes out there. Because that fucking song doesn't make any sense. And they're probably saying something that we don't like. We just don't understand what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got to be in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there's, yes. a, there's a lot of crazy stuff that I don't but understand. That, and but I, then you come across things that should be banned, yeah. right? So I completely understand profanity. There's a joke band in Britain um, called The Cunts, spelt with a K. <laughs> <laughs> and the last couple of years they've done in 2020 they did a song called boris johnson is a fucking cunt <laughs> and then in 2021 they did a follow-up called boris johnson is still a fucking cunt. <laughs> oh that's awesome i mean you know they know that's gonna get banned yeah well, they know you know yeah so, some things it's just so patently obvious my favorite is when something gets banned and it seems kind of obvious and the band don't quite understand why and this is where we get our contractual sparks reference oh here we go go. i was wondering when it was gonna come with dick around which when the bbc banned it sparks were like why i mean it's innocent enough (laughs) because you know it was kind of about like dicking around it wasn't actually sexual you know right. all i do now is dick around because i've got nothing better to do and the bbc banned it and they got upset about it because they just didn't understand why <laughs> you know patently obvious to anyone else that that was going to happen and i love the innocence and naivety behind that reaction yeah mm. that's cute yeah but, but then there's, there's a and then there's like the sex pistols who like wrote god save the queen and they're of yeah. course they're we know the, that they're yeah oh and the BBC had to, there are certain songs the BBC have to, because they yes. are, by their establishment, establishing documents, and bearing in mind, they are still owned by the UK government. Exactly. They have to be politically neutral. Yeah, exactly. So something like God Save the Queen was never going to get no, played on right. the BBC. And that's and what I mean. Like, they and, and they knew position. that, yeah. They knew, yeah. 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 Whereas the other thing, sort of an, an interesting sort of eyesore about this whole thing, too, is... So the KLF recorded a record in 1987 called 1987, What the Fuck is Going On, right? Mm -hmm. And it heavily samples ABBA, Dancing Queen, and God Save the Queen, right? And the monkeys and everybody. And basically, ABBA sued the shit out of them. (laughs) And and ABBA ABBA sort of, and their management managed to get it, any of the songs banned from the radio because the samples weren't cleared. And mm-hmm. it got so bad that they had to destroy all the non-sold copies of the album, right? And that is an interesting case of, of an artist getting banned for making dubious career yeah. choices versus censorship and, and, and things like that. But, it, but it's interesting just how powerful that an artist or, I guess not an artist, but like a management company or something can actually be because there's been... Like with that, for that, for instance, there was a huge, why are we going back to Shebop? But there was a huge backlash <laughs> about Shebop, but mm-hmm. the label really ran, wrestled with, because they needed a big hit for, for Cindy, a follow-up, a couple follow-ups after time after time, and girls just want to have fun. And they sort of 
put pressure on a lot of radio stations to play that despite the PMRC. And a lot of radio and marketing companies were starting at that point to say, hey, this isn't that bad. Go ahead and play it and see what happens. So that's another sort of interesting side effect to this of, of the duality of it, of like artists making poor decisions and knowing they're going to get banned, but then also people making an effort to get by the ban and just sort of ignore it, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of interesting too. And I guess then the PRM- PRMC, the PMRC, I was going to say that wrong, but they eventually did just kind of go away. I mean, they didn't really mm, yeah. sustain their power. Their power was not sustained for too long, you know, yeah. but they do have last, it had lasting effects, of course, but. Uh, it still does. Yeah. And, and songs are still, I mean, you know, turning, turning to the end of this, I mean, yeah, the PMRC is gone. And yeah, we don't have big regular radio. We have streaming radio. We have, you know, community radio and some other things that an internet radio that could skirt around the FCC rules and things of being, but they're still very yeah. much on commercial airwaves, songs that are banned and things like that. That effect is still being felt today for people that do radio or like broadcasting and things. And it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. I've got two that I really want to get in before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think, Rob mentioned one of them earlier, but I don't think we need to do it in passing. I think these are two of the most important records ever made. And the first one Rob mentioned earlier is Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday, which is a song that brings light to lynchings. And I mean, the lyrics in this song just blow my mind. Mm -hmm. And Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze, strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees, the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth. You know, this imagery is just unbelievable. Here is a fruit for the crows to pick, for the rain to gather, for the wind to... I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. unbelievable. And this song got the shit banned out of it because no one wants to be told about this stuff. And I mean... That is, and, and if you listen to the song, anybody who is listening to the show and you've never heard Strange Fruit, stop right now and go play it because it is an absolutely arresting song. Yes. The other one that I wanted to talk about is a, um, it's a James Brown song. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. And this kind of comes from, uh, this is from 1968 and it kind of comes from earlier that year. He had a concert scheduled in Boston on April 4th and April 5th. April 4th, of course, is the day that Martin Luther King was assassinated. And, you know, black Americans rioted. Of course they did, you know. And Boston was hit just as hard as a lot of the other cities in the country. And there were lootings and there were burnings and there was all this stuff going on on April 5th the mayor was uh, was considering canceling the concert because he was afraid the concert would only make things worse. And one of his uh, secretaries, I guess it was, said, why don't we broadcast the concert to encourage people to stay home? <laughs> and they did. And uh, Boston was one of the only major cities that didn't have serious rioting the second night. And then later that year he comes out with a song say it loud i'm black and i'm proud these songs 
you know, I mean, just the impact that they have on an entire segment of the population is just so incredibly strong. And especially the, the message that they convey and the lyrics in strange fruit is, I mean, I, I read it now and I still find it shocking that somebody wrote those lyrics in 1939, you know, but that the thing that the lyrics are about was actually going on in 1939. I mean, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. Just so, shows nothing's fucking changed. Yeah. Anyway, right. we're getting back on a political soapbox here. That's okay. <laughs> but it's so true. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just like as relevant today. <laughs> yeah. Which is why it's important uh, when we discuss band music to think about what we're banning, why we're mm-hmm. banning. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions about why a song is banned, you know, do something to investigate yeah. the song, the artist, the context. Yep. Yeah. And educate yourself. And it goes for books, it goes for, you know, other things too. <laughs> yeah. Go to the library and check out a banned book. Yep. Yep. Find out why it was banned. Because usually it's because it's saying something that somebody else doesn't want you to hear. That's right. Make up your own mind. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> that is exactly that. Anthony. That's Ooh. perfectly stated. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. If, you, if something is banned, it's going to be okay because Elvis is fine. Madonna's fine. <laughs> Public Enemy, they're fine. Olivia, she's Ice fine. Cube, Ice Cube is very fine. Yeah, right? I, you know, I have, I have Ice one. Ice T, also fine. Have one. Ice is, I, I have one that I'm okay with being banned, and that is after 2014, the BBC banned the entire discography of Lost Prophets <laughs> after their singer Ian Watkins was convicted and confessed uh, to having abused children. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's oh, right. So I'm completely yeah. fine with their entire discography being banned because mm. yeah. he deserves zero recognition. He deserves yeah. zero mm-hmm. royalties. He can fuck off. Right. But right. otherwise, go and listen to band music. <laughs> <laughs> right. Southern trees There's strange fruit Blood on the leaves And blood at the root Black bodies swinging In the southern breeze Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of another week. Thank you so much for listening to us. Stephanie, tell people where they can find you. You can find me on Bandcamp. You can find me on my website at therearebirds.com. You can find me on Facebook at Stephanie Seymour Music. And on Instagram at their underscore r underscore birds. And of course, all the streaming platforms. Anthony. As always, I can also be found on the Watchers in the Fourth Dimension podcast, where we are watching our way through all of Doctor Who from 1963 until now. We have just got to the end of season 12. So that puts us firmly in 1975. And you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, stitcher um google podcasts etc etc wherever you like to listen to your podcast and probably wherever you're listening to this one and 
uh, also on social media at, at Watches4D. And if anyone wants to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at, at Englishman in ATL. All right, Rob. So whether you listen to Bandcamp or your band on the run, uh, you can tune in to Juxtaposition on Wednesdays uh, from 7 to 9, uh, where I play all kinds of bands and people and music. And it's 7 to 9 Central, KDHX. If you go to www.kdhx.org, it is uh, streamed for two weeks, as are all of our shows. So you can listen to them later. If you want to hear the beats on the street, that's where you want to go. All right. And I would implore listeners to please go to my website, cosmicpress.com, K-O-Z-M-I-C press.com. And there is a list there of my podcasts and two places that I've made special appearances this week. Um, one is on the monkeying around podcast where we are talking about the monkeys fourth album, Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones limited, the best monkeys album ever. And also on the most recent episode of Anthony's podcast, watchers in the fourth dimension, where we did a special episode on one of the big finish releases that relates to the season that they are reviewing in their regular episodes. So go check all those things out. All right, we will be back next week with another great show. Everybody have a great week. Keep rocking on. Listen to band music, and we will talk to you again next week. Take care. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.